Welcome to the Real Estate Entrepreneurs Podcast. Real people doing real deals in real estate and no fake gurus allowed. We bring you the best and the most real real estate investors in the space. They'll be showing you the good, the bad, and the ugly of real estate investing. Like, share, subscribe, get notified. It's the Real Estate Entrepreneurs Podcast. Welcome to the Real Estate Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today, we have one of Houston's top real estate investors when it comes to multifamily, <laughs> Mr. Boris Sanchez. Thank you so much for coming, man. Thank I appreciate you, you. Appreciate you. Appreciate you having me. So tell me, Boris, where do you come from? Like, how do you get started in this whole real estate world? Uh, well, you know, I have a, uh, I'm from Colombia. Been here 24, 24, 25 years. Um, and my family actually had a real estate company, a mortgage, oh. and a and a realty company called Gold Quest. My mom started back in two thousand, but I actually didn't join until I came back uh, uh, from London, where I got my master's degree. Okay. And um, now, where do you go to high school here in Houston? I went to yeah. Dobie okay, so you pretty much grew up here. Um, yeah, I'm a Texas boy. Right. Okay. Yeah. You know? Got it. Um, but uh, so I joined the real estate world, uh, I guess, in two thousand eleven. I came back and then started off as a mortgage broker, uh, started learning about financial products, um, and then I started investing into uh, real, residential real estate and then eventually into commercial. Uh, my first commercial property was in 2013. Um, it was a eight-unit complex that I did really well on. Okay. Why do you go from – so why, why – let me go back – so you join as a mortgage broker, but it was your family's business, right? Yes, correct. Mm -hmm. Okay, and what make you go to like say, okay, I'm gonna go flip houses? I'm pretty sure that's what what you did, right? Uh, buy a rental or a flip or something like that. I was following the crowd. I okay, mean, you know, um, dude, I did, like, I, I did the same thing. I did yeah, the same thing, yeah, and, yeah. and I was like, man, I wish I would have never done that. But you know, yeah, I know. Um, I, I wish I would have gotten started so much earlier. You know. But uh, I'm setting up all these examples because I kind of want people to just kind of learn from my right. mistakes. And that's exactly what I try to teach to my clients and right. students. But um, so I started following the crowd and I said, hey, you know, everybody else is doing it. Why not, you know, flip houses and all that? Uh, and it was at first flipping, you know, and then cash flow became popular. And then so I was trying to do cash flow. But then what I quickly realized is that uh, I didn't like residential. I didn't like to be cornered into one of three things, flipping, owner financing, or renting. Mm -hmm. You can't do a combination of the three, you know? Right. So, um, and that's what eventually brought me to commercial, uh, was, seek, uh, was seeking $1,000 in cash flow in my first deal. Um, and and, and uh, I ended up buying, you know, an eight-unit complex and... Um, I bought it for one forty. I I fixed it up with sixty thousand dollars. Only brought ten thousand to closing because of hard money. Right, I don't know how the way it works. And I was able to sell it uh, a year later for four hundred and fifty, making you know more than two hundred fifty thousand dollars wow. net profit, including rents. So uh, I was ecstatic. You know, right. I mean, obviously, I it was then that I decided, okay, I'm obviously doing something right. I want to keep on doing this. You know, finding more deals like that. Yeah, exactly. And so, and you went to you went to school in London. I went to school in London. Yeah, so I went to school um, uh, for uh, best scene in the world is what they say. My, yeah, my <laughs> MBA was there. Uh, it was a very the best city to spend your money in for sure. Yeah, it's expensive. It was, uh, very expensive. So, uh, I that humbled me a lot. That experience really so, why I was flat broke. I was literally the brokest student. In my MBA class, wow! I couldn't afford a pair of jeans. You know, I couldn't afford, I couldn't afford the, the train to take the train, so I had to rent a bike uh, and then go everywhere in it. I lost a lot of weight. <laughs> I wow. got to see London a lot. I had a, I had a job as a as a bartender and as a waiter uh, for this events company, and it, it humbled me a lot because it, it, even though I had a clear path of like, okay, I'm gonna graduate. It actually motivated me to be like, okay, I never want to be that broke. I right. never want to be 
that person that's like oh, just trying know, to make ends meet. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, that actually fueled me a lot to go into real estate. Wow. And uh, so when did you graduate? What year? 2010? Uh, for my MBA? Yeah. 2011. 2011. And then you came to the U.S. Uh, you started working as a mortgage broker. What didn't you like about being a mortgage a mortgage broker? Uh, it was around then that Obama kind of changed the law for mortgage brokers. And I was started off with residential mortgage brokering, and I had my license and everything. I was a loan right. officer. Uh, but then Obama changed the law, and uh, you could only make three points, including all the fees, which meant for us brokers uh, that we couldn't make much more money. Right. You know. So it was then that I was like, oh, screw it. Uh, I'm going to go into commercial because I can charge more. And then that's when I started, you know, exploring more of the financial products for, for commercial, hard money for commercial. I was pretty much one of the first ones in Houston to try hard money, uh, like the traditional flip right. loan on commercial okay. in Houston. And uh, it, it went very well, and it was very successful for my, for my lender. Good deal. And um, are you involved in those um, in mortgage anymore, or you're completely out? Uh, no, I'm, I'm completely out, man. I mean... My company, we do a little bit of different things. Sandmore Investments is two companies. Right. First, on, on one side, we own over 450 units here in Houston. Okay. Uh, and then the other side, we do a brokerage. And then what's special about the brokerage is we're able to package deals up with uh, our property. So, example, instead of me telling you, here's a 12-unit complex for half a million dollars, figure it out, you know, we instead say, okay, here's a 12-unit complex, bring us... $25,000 to closing, and then we'll set up the whole loan right. and everything for you, including rehab and everything like that. And you do the pre-qualification for the for the buyer on, yeah. on the broker's side? On, we do a pre-qual not only for the hard money, but also for the refi takeout that eventually you're going to want, you know? You're going to want to be taken out of the hard money, that expensive loan into more of a long-term loan, and that's what we do even before we start this whole process. Good. So... 450 units, is it doors or, or individual units? Uh, doors. Doors, yeah. okay. So you, th your first one was eight doors, right? Yes. So how, how hard was to go from eight to, I don't know, 100? Um, like, yeah. how, and how long did that, did that take you? Because people see you today, right? And, and they're like, okay, here's Boris. He's got 450 doors. Right. But that didn't happen overnight. No, that, it didn't it, happen it, overnight. Uh, and... Uh, One thing is about me is maybe I'm a little stubborn or maybe I don't know. I'm, a, I'm just built a little different. Right. I, did, I never had a guru or a mentor. Back when I started doing commercial real estate, uh, it was really unheard of. You know, it was back like maybe 20 years ago. Multi, investing in multifamily was like, why are you doing that? Why are you messing with that? Ew, gross. You know, it's kind of like nobody, nobody really wanted right. that, you know. Uh, and it was only about maybe five, six, seven years that it became sexy to do so. And the Grant Cardones of the world came out. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, and so I started doing it, like, right as we were exiting that phase of ugliness, right? Right. And so all I was seeking was cash flow. and But the information was not as abundant. Uh, it wasn't really well known how to. Uh, yeah, you could you couldn't go on YouTube and Google how to get an apartment complex. And, I mean, you could you know, possibly do that, but you'd have to know what you're looking for, you right? Know what information you're looking. So you have to know what you don't know, and that's the problem. I I didn't know what I didn't know, you know. Uh, and so um, we uh, I started kind of like you know just doing trial and error. I started after my eight, I got a fifteen and another eight and seven and this and that. I started kind of you know playing around that field. And then it wasn't until 2017, like a week after Harvey happened, that I got my first 40 unit, which is, you know, I mean, it's a large one for me right. at that point. Uh, it's a medium-sized one now, but it's, it, it actually uh, put in perspective the whole grandeur and, and the, the scope of what I could possibly be doing, not only with an eight unit making $250,000, but, you know, with that 40 unit, uh, 40, I'm sorry, it was a 46 unit, I ended up making more than one $1.5 million. Well, so. now, did you sell it? or I ultimately sold it. So uh, I acquired that property uh, in 2017. It didn't flood, but, um, you know, it, it was just a weird time uh, to be around Harvey time in Houston. Right. But um, so I bought it for $1.7. I put in about $500,000. And eight months after acquisition, I it was able to refinance cash out $800,000 out. Um, and, uh, 
it, it you know it was it was great because yeah it's eight hundred thousand dollars of tax free um, tax free yeah. money you know um, that you can do whatever you want with obviously hopefully you're smart about it yeah you put but it to work yeah you put it to work and then you're able to scale up your your operation which is exactly what I did so you just went and said okay I'm gonna go buy another. 40 units here or 50 units there. And that's how you got to 450 pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Um, I just started buying, buying, buying. I mean, I've sold a lot, you know, in, in multifamily and in commercial, it's not so simple as BRRRR. You know right. what I mean? It's not that simple. It's, it's buy, uh, you know, fix, rent, stabilize, and then analyze, which is like, okay, what's the best way forward? Sometimes the best way forward is a sale. Absolutely. You have, other depreciation here. You don't mind, you know, making $600,000 on this flip here. Um, so you kind of have to analyze, but in order to analyze, you have to know your financial products. You have to know your ways out, you know? Right. I was talking about how I don't like residential because I think in my world, it's riskier to do residential than commercial um, because of the only three ways out of residential that I talked about. But in commercial, it's like you, the fuller the property is, the more people are going to want it, right? Attractive, the more, yeah. The, the, yeah, not only that, but it's actually valued for more. Right. It's called forced appreciation, right? And so um, I started playing with that a lot. And uh, I was, you know, able to even get uh, my largest one to date is a 100-unit complex that I bought as a 72. And I started splitting units up because they were huge. Um, eventually getting to 100 and I uh, bought that one for $3.4 million. We're spending about a million and a half on it. But um, we just got an appraisal in that as finished, the property is worth $9 million. And wow. we're finishing up, actually, we're finishing up the last three units this month. So I'm, so. I'm going to assume that you're going to refi those out. Yes. Cash out first. Exactly. Yeah. And then later on, you'll decide whether you keep it moving forward or you sell it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what, what I'm going to do is uh, there's this, like, kind of, great program from uh, FHA and HUD um, that's, uh, that's, that gives you like the best in multifamily financing. It's like 30, up to 42 year amortization, uh, you know, fixed for the entire time, rates in 2%, you know? Well, uh, so it, it allows you to cash flow for a long time, you know? Um, and so, it, and it gives you 80% of value, whatever it is. So for me, eighty percent of that value would be like seven million. So I'm able some to cash out, maybe one one and a half to two million dollars. Right. Uh, get all my money back invested in it. Keep the property. Keep the depreciation. Cash flow for a long time, and then maybe at some point in the future, sell it if I decide at that point. Right. So multifamily is not just simple as buy, renovate, rent, repeat, or refinance, repeat. Right. It's it's more like it's more analytical, and uh, there's multiple ways out. Of a pro of a, of a yeah, you have to be more sophisticated for it, right? Like, you have to understand numbers, um, you know, how the products work. Like, you just mentioned something about, you know, uh, Fannie Mae, right? FHA, right? Um, so, if you're just relying on the regular loans that are out there, you're, you're probably not going to find the ones that you need for those kind of uh, transactions, right? Right, exactly. Uh, you have to dig into it in order to go and say, okay, I have this commercial package here. This is where I go for these type of loans, and this is how you do it. And by the way, they don't do that at the regular mortgage, you know, <laughs> office, right? Exactly. So, so I, I was talking to another guy. He's a, I'm a wholesaler, right? And, and this other guy is a wholesaler as well, but he does commercials. Um, and you might might have heard of him. His name is Tim Luna. Oh, yeah. And, and Tim... Uh, we were in a mastermind together, and he was explaining how how he was getting these deals, right? But I, I looked at him. I said, man, but you're talking to sophisticated people because a lot of these owners on, on multifamilies, even though they've owned these properties for maybe 20 years or 30 years or whatnot, there's, they somehow have a level of sophistication that the regular homeowner doesn't have. You know, they understand uh, appreciation, depreciation. If they have a good, you know, CPA, right? Right. Uh, a lot of them are mom and pops, and, you know, they, they, they just stuff the money under the mattress or whatnot. Right. Um, but I, I was asking him, I was like, dude, how do you get these deals? He's like, man, sometimes it takes me six months to a year just to get one. Um, 
so so let, let's talk about that process for a little bit, right? From from your perspective, when you're hunting for deals, um, usually how long does it take to to capitalize on one of them and say, okay, I'm buying this one, you know, in six months or whatever? I mean, uh, there's a reason, and I have the whole uh, complete operation, uh, vertical operation, in, in my brokerage. We have cold callers, we have uh, realtors, we have uh, an, an analytical folks. Um, and it, it is actually, uh, a very much of a relationship based kind of more of business in, in residential. It's like, yeah, there's a lot of emotional attachment to a property, yeah. personal emotional attachment, but it's only emotional. It's not financially like, you know, it doesn't make them a living, right? right. They have their home is where they are and it doesn't, doesn't, there's not a, a, a cash flow perspective from it. Right. Right. So um, that's why it's more relationship-based. It, it takes a little bit more to kind of develop rapport, especially with mom-and-pop shops. Maybe with, like, the large groups, they know exactly what they want. They know their price. They they've have all their books lined up. But most of the time, what I found out in what Tim Luna does and what I do, we love value-add properties mm -hmm. over, over turnkey. Uh, and that's because it's like a wealth generation technique. Um, it's, I think, the best-kept secret that's not a secret is how to analyze these properties. Um, and I think a lot of the mental stigma uh, comes from just, just that. It's just that, you know, they're, they're numbers and they're complicated and all this, but really it's not that complicated. You know, it's, it's an operating statement. Uh, you have to know, you know, what, what the local cap rate is and how to evaluate a property. Uh, but if you do so, uh, you can actually make a ton of money, not from cash flow. That's another thing I don't believe in is, cash flow before you actually, you know, have a buttload of properties. Um, I believe in forced appreciation because that's the quickest way to wealth generation. It's not right. cash flow. Cash flow is a, um, a wealth maintainer. Yeah. Forced appreciation is a wealth generator. And that's what I don't think is talked about enough. So if, if you kind of understand these concepts about how to, you know, evaluate property and how to evaluate, you know, commercial property and, how to actually see a diamond in the rough. Like I tell my team all the time, I love looking at ugly. I love it, man. I was just in the port yesterday looking at this really ugly property. And I was like, man, I love it. You know, and some people don't. Yeah, Cause you that. see the potential. in. I, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I see the potential. And like, you know, I'm buying it for, uh, you know, uh, 900,000, but it's going to be worth $1.6 million when, when we finish, you know? So I see that and that's what I'm in love with, you know? Uh, it's not so much uh, the numbers and all this stuff, but actually the, the transgression of making that property go from this to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, back in 2009, I used to ride around 77033. And that's all I saw yeah, was like potential, <laughs> yeah, exactly. right? Because everything was completely turned down, right? Mm -hmm. It was like, it was like war zone. Yeah. And my mom will look at me and say, son, are you crazy? Like, look at this. This is ho horrible. And I was like, mom, this is, they all got an upside. You know, like, if you fix them up and rent them, then, because that's the game I was playing back then. Uh, but I completely understand what you're saying. When when you go look at an, at an ugly property or something that needs a lot of work, you see the value in it, the potential in it. Uh, yeah. Especially after doing it for 10 years now, uh, 2021. So, You've been in it for 10 years, going for 10. You're a 10-year overnight success. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> plus exactly. plus your college days, right? Uh, so, yeah, people, you see people, they, they, they see a lot of us, and they say, oh, man, this guy, he's making money, or he's got, you know, the apartments or the cars or whatever. They don't see what took to where you came from all the way until you are today, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's why I want to describe the journey is because it's not an overnight, you know, uh, this doesn't happen overnight. Uh, no. For some people, it might happen quicker. Like, let's say I'm your student. Now, my chances to to, to get to where you are are going to be sooner. Uh, it's, it's quicker because I'm I'm leveling up with you exactly. because you're dumping your knowledge into me, and I don't have to go figure it out on my own. Exactly. So, guys, you guys want to learn about multifamily, yeah. reach out to Boris. Uh, I don't know. Are, are you teaching? I am teaching. You I are teaching. I have a uh, mentoring course. Uh it starts January, the next one starts January 8th. Okay. Which is, I think, a Saturday or Sunday. And, um, yeah, I can't wait. I already have a couple of people signed up. And uh, just, we have, we're limiting it to 10, I believe, in teaching small groups instead of big groups. I think just people in big groups, they don't get to learn as much. 
uh, because I don't know, maybe it's just human, human nature not to raise your hand when you don't understand something because you don't want to look dumb. Right. That's why I believe in like small groups. Man, I've been to some large uh, events, uh, multifamily related, right? Mm -hmm. But I think those events more than teaching is more for raising their own money, you know, because they do syndications yes. and things of that nature, right? Correct. Um, I have a, so I was saying earlier how I'm coming like a little different. I am anti-syndication. Okay. You know? I don't believe that that's the way forward. I believe right now the natural trend for an investor is to go from residential to like maybe have like a, a lot of residential and then go into syndication like magically. Right. But there isn't the, like the, the that's a popular way to go. But really, it should be like go from residential briefly just so you can learn how to handle know, contractors how to handle on a house exactly, and then rentals and then go into small multifamily, larger multifamily. And then uh, syndication eventually. But that's syndication is only after you know and have personal experience with forced appreciation. Um, not just, you know, like, okay, going out there and then, oh, raising funds and going to these events. And then, oh, yeah, I want to be a syndicator too. It's, it's great. Yes, you're going to be investing multifamily. But really, you're investing in a passive uh, investment kind of scheme. Unless you are the the the, even the sponsor, then, even right? Even then, because even if you're a sponsor, a lot of the times you you have to raise the entire you know ninety seven percent of the down payment, right? right. You're you're having uh, maybe you're bringing a little bit of money yourself, but then that means you get to keep three percent, maybe five percent of the entire deal. You and everyone's eyes are on you, so it's like the responsibility, not only that, but to the SEC to make sure you're not a crook, to all that stuff. Yeah. Is 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 like very yeah, yeah. heavy on somebody, right? It, it, it's a lot, man. I, I did a I did a fund a couple of years ago, yeah. And that thing was like this thick, and I'm reading right. And and the crazy thing is, is that as a sponsor, you send that to investors. Uh, I did a five hundred six b, and they're literally signing their money away. Yeah. Honestly, you know, because you know, if if you have a, a good attorney that's putting that paperwork together. I read it and I said, like, man, how, how am I going to sign this? And people sign these things blindly because it's, I don't know, it's Boris or Ricardo or, or right, exactly. whoever else yeah, is out there. They just believe in you. They just believe in you and they go, yep, here's my money. Oh, if, if I lose the money, who cares, right? Yeah, uh, and that's the thing. It's like with, with people, you only get one chance. If you start to like, you know, if, if, and, if, and it happens because we're human. If we mess it up uh, on a deal uh, and we lose people's money, I, I don't know about anybody else but i can't i couldn't stomach that i don't take any investors on for that same reasons because look i know what i'm doing and i know my transgression and i know my journey but i, I get asked this all the time it's like how can i invest with you how can just let me put your my, my money to work with you i'm like well let me do you one better let me teach you how you can do it yourself yeah because then i enjoy my freedom man i buy toys I, i'm, I'm kind of loud and dumb and but that's because I can afford to be because right. it's all my own money. Worse comes to worse. You know, it's it's my lenders that take it. But the lenders also have an asset already that they already know what to do with. That's true story, so, Boris. And that's great that you're talking about that. In 2017, um, <clears throat> we we were arguably probably the biggest flipping company in the in the whole area. Okay. Mm -hmm. We were doing about 47 projects. Uh, fixing flips all over Houston. I mean, we went from Freeport all the way to Conroe. Cool. And... Harvey hits. Yep. And now I got 47 properties and I have no workers because they all literally jump yep. bail to go do demolitions, right? Right. Well, I was going broke real quick, like fast. Sure. Uh, you know, we were slashing 200 grand a month just on interest payments. Jesus. And, but before Harvey, my business partner and I at the time were looking at toys, mm -hmm. you know, Lambos and Ferraris, and we had the money to buy those things cash, no problems, right? And Dennis tells me, said, Ricardo, man, let's just wait until December. Let's get it for Christmas. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why wait until Christmas, dude? Like, we, we got a lot of money. Like, we had seven digits in our checking accounts, you know, no big deal. But he he's an engineer, so he was very, you know, very cautious. He didn't want to be outside the box. He didn't want to be flashy, even though he loves those cars. Like, he's on all the blogs and and all the forums and groups and all that. And uh, I just listened to him. And then going after what we went the last the next two years, I would have looked like a dumbass 
driving one of those cars oh, yeah. going broke looking at my at my lenders saying hey man by the way i'm driving a ferrari or a lambo or whatever yeah, because yeah, you're yeah. playing with somebody else's or literally investing somebody else's money yeah 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 absolutely. right so i completely get where you're coming from yeah, yeah yeah i mean that's and that's exactly why uh i just don't believe in syndication until or even passive investments until you have at least a million dollars in your account you know if you can if you can put that money to play a million dollars you make eight percent that's 80 grand a year it's yeah. not terrible the problem is that when that dream gets sold to somebody who has a hundred thousand eight percent a year for somebody who has a hundred thousand is eight grand a year the risk it's, is high it doesn't like not even the homeless live for that you know what i mean it, yeah. you have you need more money nowadays to to actually live so uh, that means that you have to find a, a uh, another technique for the wealth generation, and that's when forced appreciation comes in, uh, and that is really only uh, experienced through active investments. That means that you are 100% owner, or maybe you have one partner or something like that. Keep it really small, uh, that you can experience that that growth of a property uh, value wise. That's what I do now. I just I just do it on my own. I don't I don't even bring on partners anymore. Like, right. I don't care for the down payment. You know, I figured it out on my own how to get in the property. Um, because of what I went through in the last, I lost more than $10 million. So, you know, and I had to go face <clears throat> foreclosures and lenders, you know, yeah. barking at me and all that, right? So I was like, man, I'll, I'm never going to go that route again. But I didn't know any better. Why is that? Because I was chasing the shiny objects. Right. Big operation, scaling up. Sure. Uh, cash flow on, on rentals, on houses, which I don't even like being a landlord, to be honest with you, you know? <laughs> so, um, Who does? Yeah, yeah, well, you know, but, you know, you, you have to do it if if, if you really want to, you know, be a professional in this business, right? Well, you have to find, you have to kind of like know what your management style is. Right. My first eight unit complex, I managed it all myself, you know? I did the tenants on toilets and whenever something was broken, I had to go literally go out there with the maintenance man. So it was there and that I, it was like a learning process for me because I learned what kind of manager I am, you know. And it was then that I started hiring people that were similar to me and that I could train to be like me. Uh, now, I, I can't remember the last time I spoke to a tenant. Right. Um, and sometimes that's by design too because, yeah, sometimes I'll get the occasional call like, you know, from a tenant, oh, yeah, I finally got a hold of the owner. And then what I've kind of empowered my people to do is actually be better and more lenient than I am. So they'll tell them like, okay, you can call the owner, but it'll be worse for you. You know, because when I, when, when they usually get a hold of me, I'm a dick. <laughs> right. Right. I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I'm, you, you don't want to do that because then it kind of be worse for you. I'm, I'll, I'll be, you know, evicting you immediately. I'm not going to allow any leeway or anything like that. Your best bet is with a, with a manager. And so I've empowered my people to make a lot of decisions and stuff like that. Uh, and that way, it kind of freed me up from having to do those menial tasks or those decisions on, on a tenant per tenant basis. That's good. Yeah. So <laughs> I can relate. Um, yeah. I, I don't own many properties anymore. Um, and I don't want to probably own a property for a little while. I, I love my freedom now. Yeah. So, uh, but eventually I will get back on it and... And everything that I buy is, is owner finance to me. Like, literally. I just negotiate owner finance to me and then either refinance amount or whatever on a balloon note or, you know, just to take control of the property. Sure. Um, but uh, but uh, you were talking about being uh, uh, delegating, right? And I see uh, we have a friend in common, Jonathan Chacon, right? Oh, yeah. He, <laughs> he's, oh, he's all oh, over. <laughs> uh, he's all over with his tenants, man. I talk to him every now and then and, uh, you know, it's the stories. I hear, I was like, Jonathan, I told you, man, like, you know, why are you doing this to yourself? Yeah, yeah. So, but we all grow through that, right? Uh, otherwise, how do we learn what's good and what's not good? Unfortunately, we're human beings and we learn by getting, you know, beat by the snake or or burned by the fire. Um, right, exactly. Because, you know, nowadays, how many people you have on your team? I have, uh, Sandmore Investments has 25 people plus about well, 32 contractors. Wow. So so 25 full-time people on your in your office basically handling all these all these doors, right? Right. Exactly. And doing new acquisitions and and that kind of deal. Yeah. And then you subcontract, you know, roofers and you know uh, we actually I employ a project manager and we directly employ those contractors. So okay. we pay them hourly and he's over them and all that stuff. 
Uh, we've saved a little bit of money, especially now with in the age of uh, rising costs. Right. Uh, so we don't have to pay that contract overhead. I just pay my, my project manager. So, yeah, we, we were able to actually get a lot done that way. That's good. That's good. Uh, I love it. You're fully integrated. Yeah. Um, so your teachings, like, like where do people find information about what you teach? You know, how, how do they get a hold of you? Do you have a website? Sure. Yeah, I do. Uh, so the great thing about our website is that you can go in there and actually find the properties that we have for sale to and the ones that we package. Like I was saying earlier, if, you know, if you are not familiar with the way you finance commercial, let us help you. You know, we will advise you. We will uh, kind of strategize with you. And not only will we just kind of say that, we're showing it because we're doing it as well. Right. Right. Uh, whether you have, you know, you're buying a fourplex, you're buying a hundred unit complex. If you want to be an active investor, there is a way to go. Um, uh, so, yeah, go to our website, sandmore.com. You'll see a little bit of information on our, on our loans. You'll see our properties. Uh, there is a contact us. Uh, you can kind of fill that out yourself and... Uh, and, and it, it gets sent to our people, and then, you know, you can kind of get more information on mentoring if that's what you want to do. Uh, it's seven classes. I'll just tell everyone. It's a, it's a course of seven classes, one class a week, uh, every Saturday. Each class is about an hour to two hours long, um, and it's taught directly by me. Um, in your office? In my office, okay. right, right. And even in one of the classes, like, we'll go over everything. We'll go over analysis. We'll go over financing products. One of the classes, we will literally drive around and then I'll go show you all the projects that I've done, show you uh, what we have put into the properties, what we bought them for, what strategy we used, uh, what lessons we learned, you know, what the profit was made, all that stuff. Uh, it's kind of like part of the whole education right. um, module. So, yeah, and then after that, we'll analyze real actual deals. We'll go over the contract. We'll... Uh, kind of uh, show you how to actually get deals, you know, even if it's not from us, how to actually get off-market deals. And so it's, I put everything I have into it, you know? That's good. Um, and a lot a lot of people tell me I should charge more for it because of just the amount of information that I give. And, you know, I'm a nerd for this stuff, man. I Once I start talking about it, it's hard for me to stop. That's why some of my classes tend to run <laughs> a little longer. Right. But, um, but you know, I, I'm charging $7,000 for it. It's something that other people would charge twenty five to fifty thousand dollars for. Yep, so. yep. That's the ongoing rate, uh, yep. pretty much, especially for those other big guys that are doing big syndications and all that, right? Exactly. Um, so Sam guys, go check it out. Uh, if you want to get uh, enrolled, seven grand is nothing for the amount of knowledge and, and wealth that you're gonna learn just by learning and being around other people that are, you know, going towards the same goals. You know, right? Um, you might not do a deal your first year, but eventually you know, you'll get all your stuff together and hopefully you'll do a, a deal pretty soon, right? But, you know, if you have $7,000, then I hope that you have some something to get going on, on, on getting your first deal together. But the amount of knowledge that Boris has put together for the last 10 years, he's going to give it to you in seven classes, which is pretty amazing. Uh, and he's in person. So yeah. uh, he's in your office. Uh, they get to see where you work, you know. Right. You know, so he's not some guru that... No. Just learn how another guru did it, and and, yeah. <laughs> and I will say something about that because I'm I'm not an educator. It's not where I make my money. You know, it's I am an actual investor. I am not out there, you know, uh, like showing people through courses or, or anything like that. I, that's not me. You know, I'm I'm actually an investor um, through all the with all the faults of, of an investor, I guess. Yeah, uh, and uh, and yeah. So I love what I do, and so I just want to show it through my classes. A lot of other folks, they just kind of educate and they leave the the uh, investing world behind, right? Because they just want to like educate people on what they know. It's easier. But some, yeah, I guess it is. E educating is easier because think about it. We were wired to go to school. Right. Like literally we were programmed since we we're little kids to go to school, get good grades, pass, all that stuff, right? So once you start, you know, the need for learning is bigger than, in my opinion, than the need for investing. Why is that? Because you need to learn before you invest. Right. So it's easier to go out there and, and teach other people, get a bunch of money up front. What I think is wrong is when they take all their money and then they have no money to invest. Right. And now they're like, okay, I got all this knowledge in me now, but I don't really have any money to move forward. 
So that's a very important point because I get asked this question all the time. Like, okay, I have $5,000. I have $10,000. What do I do? Where do I put it? I want to grow. I'm like, look, I will be completely honest with you. The, the very best thing that you can do is invest in yourself. Invest in your education. Yeah. The amount of misinformation that's out there and the amount of negative stigma against commercial real estate and it's like, oh, leave that to the professionals is amazing to me. Uh, it shouldn't be that because it's actually less riskier than like residential, like I said. So if you're going to spend those five, ten thousand $10,000 anywhere, make sure that you're investing in your own education. You know, it, it doesn't have to be with me. There's a lot of great books out there. You can start watching YouTube videos. You can self-teach. You can do what I did, which is actually not have a mentor and then make a lot of mistakes and then get... You know, well, you, you pay for your but, education. Oh, yeah, I pay you, for it. You pay the streets <laughs> and, and, and contractors and oh, bad deals sure. that you might have done in the past, right? Right. I so, mean, we all do them. So Exactly. And that's why I believe uh, in education heavily. And that's when somebody tells me, hey, uh, how do I do what you're doing? I'm like, well, first of all, learn financial products. You know, learn how to evaluate commercial property. Learn, uh, you know, how the, be the benefits of forced appreciation, you know, uh, Learn to distinguish between a good deal and a bad deal. You know, one thing that I that I that I that I've seen lately. Uh, so there's people willing to pay for the education, right, and willing to work on you know investing themselves. But the problem is they don't have the mindset for that either. So it has to go like a little step further than that. Like go work on your mindset first, get your head right, then go do the education. Right. That way, when you take the education, you're ready for it. Um, you know, limiting beliefs that we all have when we were growing up, not having enough money, not you know, wh whatever the case was. A lot of those things, you know, are stealing people's heads on, oh, yeah. until they're 40, 50, 60 years old, right? And they go to your class and they say, well, I don't see how I can, you know, do this deal the way you presented it. But it wasn't because they weren't financially ready because they probably have the money in the bank. Right. Uh, they probably have good credit. They have a good job, a W-2 or whatnot. It's because they have all those limiting beliefs that are running around sure. their head, and they, they're not ready to execute on it. Um, so invest in your education, but go in your head first and get it right. That way when you sit in front of Boris or somebody else that's teaching you know, what you need to do to be moving forward in the real estate world, you're ready for it. Yeah, it's very important what you said. I think that a lot of that mindset can be countered with proper education because a lot of people fear like you know fear what they don't understand it's, it's human to do so right um we kind of have this mental like we have this mental stigma of maybe when we were a kid people telling us you're not going to do that nobody's you're not going to be great you can't do that you're never going to make anything of yourself even if like you said you have the money even if you've had your savings and all that stuff like, there is a stigma against learning more because, like, oh, I'm still not going to know what to do. But really, once you start learning and educating yourself and you become more confident um, and you maybe even partner with somebody else or shadow a mentor or, or shadow somebody who's actually doing it, um, you're going to get more confident in yourself. And, and I think that's, that's what's going to change your mindset into, okay, I'm ready to do this now. Yeah. Even if it takes you five years, guys, completely worth it, right? Uh, you know, it's, it's just that... Once you start doing it, it becomes like an addiction. Otherwise, you would have never stopped. You would have stopped at door number eight, and that was yeah, it, right? It. It's like, okay, how many more of these can I get? I remember when I I, I got into flipping by reading a book, actually. Uh, well, I saw a TV show, and then I bought a book from the guy that was on TV, um, and I, I learned about harmony loans. Yeah. And this is in 2009, and I said, man, how many of these can I get, right? And that's what started my quest on buying a bunch of properties. But... Um, I just didn't know what I didn't know. Like, I had a good job. I had money. I had W-2. And I, I was a W-2 guy for many years doing real estate on the side, which, by the way, is one of the best ways to, especially doing what you're doing, um, which is buying, taking them down yourself. Right. Uh, if you are a W-2 guy and or girl and, and you make good money, you got good credit, start buying, you know, and investing passively, you know, although I... I I hate that word passively because it's not really as <laughs> passive as people think it is. Right, it's not. Uh, so being an active investor does take time investment, you know. Uh, but I think, obviously, the goal is if you're a W-2 person uh, is to, well, first of all, stop paying so much in taxes. Right. And then make more money and then be financially free, right? 
that's the goal for everyone. Uh, we can all agree on that. But really, it's about how much time you're dedicating to it. Um, how much time are you dedicating to your W-2 job? Some people out there, and this is really popular for, for uh, my friends that are employed, they're, they're working them 60 hours, 70, 70 hours, hours a week, you know, 80 hours a week. And um, because now they're doing the job of like two, three other people, car- corporate knows that nah, they're not going anywhere, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so stop like maybe thinking about it that way and then start thinking about yourself. You know, this is an- another reason why I'm kind of against syndication, because, yeah, making money for your friends and for others is fun. But there's nothing like making money for yourself, you know? And so, like, when you syndicate uh, and you passively invest, yeah, you're making, or even if you put it together, you're putting a deal together, you're putting all this money together, um, and you're looking at making $300,000, $400,000 a few years down the line. Is there something you could be doing that is going to shorten that time? Uh, that Because, you know, it comes down to the time value of money. How much money are you making per, you know, time or per per year or per month or per whatever and so that's when the whole wealth generation techniques come in of forced appreciation so let's talk about that real quick right uh, and i love the way you think when it comes to syndication as opposed to going on your own right mm-hmm. so let's say and let's just do a hypothetical example right sure let's say i am a brand new guy i don't know anything about real estate i have a w2 job um I'm on my 30s, maybe 40s, and I have about $50,000 saved, right? Not a lot of money, but enough to to do some damage. And good credit score, somewhere around 700. Um, Why would the progression be for that particular student, right? Getting into multifamily, learning your techniques into eventually owning 300 doors or whatnot like what would be the first property avatar for that person like what what should they start looking for sure uh well i'm i'm a big fan of starting small and that's why i think you know i mentioned earlier about you know how the popular transgression is buy as many houses as you can and then syndicate because i don't know how that even translates but that's a popular way to, to it's just, right somebody now. did it or that's or what even, it was or even start you know wholesaling to residential investing and then syndicating it it doesn't make any sense to me it's got to be a natural transgression to think right uh, you know uh, i think what you what you know wholesalers are doing is great but like i always advise all my wholesalers start you know yeah you gotta keep property. some yeah, yeah keep you some. gotta you gotta you know kind of like uh, taste your own medicine yeah yeah and so um after a while you know invest in, in residential but in, in start investing in small commercial if you want to jump straight from like your education wholesaling straight into multifamily that's fine. Obviously, uh, make sure that you know, you know, what what a piece of wood costs. You know, what what an hour of labor or a day of labor out there costs nowadays. You know, it's in the two hundreds now. Yep. Um, yeah. There's no one hundred anymore. No, no, no. <laughs> so, so it's um, you kind of have to know exactly what's going on, right? Uh, and then and then you can go on and, and start scaling that, and then go into more traditional commercial, maybe shopping centers, maybe office, whatever it is. It's a little riskier than multifamily. But it's there, uh, and then the rewards are there for it. And then start syndicating once you can, once you actually have like plenty of uh, property, you know, and then plenty of forced appreciation that's already making you money, plenty of like uh, passive income, then start syndicating. I met, I recently met somebody that has been doing what I'm, what I'm doing for the last 20 years. And what happened with him was very interesting because syndicators started reaching out to him he was doing so much active investments he was 100 percent owner of like all his apartment complexes and doing it in several different states syndicators started asking him just for his signature on their on their deal just to so leverage they, him yeah just to because you know in in a freddie mac or fannie mae loan you need to prove that you know you have a net worth that's equal to or greater than the loan that you're seeking uh so that's hard enough for syndicators obviously and so they have to sign on some some people that are uh, kind of financially strong. And so he's actually to the point that he doesn't have to put a dime into the deal. He's just getting he's equity all like, right. Yeah, he's getting like, you know, he's like, he demands 25% equity from the get-go, even if he's not putting a dime in. He's got to have some control over it too, just in case. And so that's the nice side effect. And I get asked this question all the time too. 
you know, come invest with us now. I, I just haven't really done it because I'm still, still like in my lane. Uh, well, you love you love your freedom. You know, the moment you go that syndication route, now you're liable for somebody else's money. Exactly. And now, if you screw up, now you got to look at that person in on their face and say, "Hey, man, we lost your money or whatever." Even, you know. Yeah. Even if uh, I'm not putting a dime in, you know, I would hate, hate, hate to to lose somebody else's money. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, that's why also I like what I do is because you'll never, never, ever see me on TV saying, "Oh." He Ponzi schemed all his investments. Right. That, that doesn't exist because I don't have any investors. Right. You know? Uh, so uh, that's also a nice side effect. But if, I know eventually, uh, like it happened with... Uh, e even, if, even if it wasn't a Ponzi scheme, that's exactly what they're going to say. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, even, I mean, you know it's because the news always <laughs> yeah. know, wants to be uh, overly dramatic and all that stuff. Even if I'm, I wasn't guilty of anything, I, I, it just, I don't, I don't want to deal with that. Yeah. You know? Um, losing people's money uh, it comes uh, is very very high on my not to do list. Right, uh, and so that's uh, that's kind of like why I like what I do. Um, so it's 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 a very interesting kind of uh, um, combination of reasons why I do what I do, including you know uh, doing active investments. Yeah, I guess if you eventually want to grow to, I don't know. 10,000, 20,000 units for whatever reason, then you'll have to go that syndication route. Well, here's another thing, Ricardo, and this is uh, why I said I'm different. I don't believe in owning as many units as humanly possible. Right. No, I don't believe in that. Why? I believe in owning as much of the units that you already have, you know, from, from 5% all the way to 100% of the actual deal because that is where you get to experience forced appreciation, and that's when you're your uh, net worth literally takes a jump. It's not from owning as many units. Like if, if I were to spend, you know, $5,000 on, on a fund, on maybe a Grant Cardone fund, he's got 10,000 doors, right? I, I can literally go around saying, hey, I own 10,000 doors, like people do nowadays. My right. AUM, 10,000 doors, you know? It's, it's bullshit. It's, it's not. Uh, Because it, you don't, you only own like very, 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 very small. Yeah, you own a, an a, a equity percentage of whatever. Yeah, if he's exactly. got equity. So what's right? not popular right now is to say how much of the property you own. You know, uh, I don't believe in owning as many units as humanly possible as a as a measurement of like how well you're doing, because it's it should be done. It should come down to like okay, well. Well, oh, that's that's kind of like, like catching up with the Jonases, right? It's like. Oh, if he has yeah, 10,000, yeah, I got to go exactly. have 10,000 or 15,000, exactly, right? Yeah. To measure who's, you know. It's been well proven that a paid off 20 unit complex can uh, cash flow more than 100 unit fully syndicated, fully everything. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to happen. So the 20 unit can be, for example, bought for a million dollars. It'll be worth 1.8 later. You'll make $800,000 in the span of maybe a year or Just so. Just by sitting on it. Right. Uh, but how long does that take? take in order for you to uh, grow if you're syndicating, you know, from let's say your investment of a hundred thousand dollars into eight hundred thousand dollars. It's it's just kind of impossible to do that, you know? I agree with you. Uh, so and and so the syndicators are like going after these huge properties as 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 a measurement of like I think uh, you know with their wealth or I don't understand. But I'm kind of glad that I'm different because that allows me to Think differently and teach my students like, hey, no, it your wealth, and which is important. That's the most important thing is how wealthy are you? Because that's going to afford all your freedoms and your family and all that, right? Uh, how wealthy are you and how quickly are you getting to your goals? And so the shortcut to that, people know it as syndication. I mean, invest passively. And it's not. It's owning as much of the property as you can because that's going to, you know, value add uh, that, uh, that, That net worth that you have. I agree with you, man. Uh, like I've seen a lot of people out there going for this ungodly amount, of, and some of them do very well. Yeah, you know, they, they, they do they, very well. Yeah, exactly. They they sell the properties. They they cash in a lot of money, and but I think it takes a lot, like for somebody doing a syndication deal to make I don't know a two million dollar return. You know, net. You could have done that with I don't know smaller units, yeah. uh, and you could have done it on your on, by yourself. Right um, now, I don't think there's a better or uh, there's just different ways. There are different ways. Now, p 
people will identify with your way, like I identify more with your way mm-hmm. than I do with the syndication way, right? Uh, because of the investor risk, right? Uh, I'm, I'm risk adverse now. Like I used to be very, very, you know, risky. Bring me the money, uh-huh. like let's do it, right? Uh-huh. Now I'm like, now nah. I had a guy walk into this office. Uh, he said, "Hey man, I got ten million dollars. Let's put it to work." And I was like, "Man, I'm sorry, I'm not your guy anymore." Right. Um, and and ne- I needed the money, by the way. You know, it's not like you know, like, yeah. it's like the devil sends you that. The, <laughs> you know. And I was like, "Dude, I'm, I'm not person. your. I'm sorry, I'm not your guy anymore. Like I, I can't really do that." Right. Um, because I saw myself being trapped, you know, on that on that hamster wheel. If yeah. I took that money, now I work for him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you he's know, boss now. now like he's and and I didn't realize that. I thought I was my boss for many years, mm-hmm. and I actually retired a couple of wives. Like they they, one of the guys told me, "Sir, man, I just retired my wife because of you." And then later on, they became they retired yeah, wives. Yeah, yeah. You know, they 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 became uh, my you know yeah. predators basically because right. now I owe them money and and things weren't going that well, right? So, uh, yeah, I'm completely risk averse. So if I was gonna do something. It'll be kind of like your route. Like I just don't want to deal with tenants, you know, and 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 toilets and seats. And if if I go, it'll probably be storages or something like that. That's it's just yeah. Sh- yeah. empty shelves, you know. And and and, and listen, there, there's it, there's no wrong answer. Yeah. When it comes to investing, uh, it's not a race. Although uh, we all know that we kind of want to get, you know, wealthy the quickest way possible without taking major risk. So everybody has a different strategy. That's completely okay. I'm just willing to put in my two cents and say, well, okay, you know, you can set it up as you don't have to mess with any of that tenants and toilets because your operation runs so smoothly that you have managers that you're only paying, you know, $13, $14 an hour to. It's it's not a lot, but it's a lot for it's not a lot for you, and it. it but it's good money for them. them. Yeah, it's good oh. money for them, and uh, there's a lot of people out there willing to work for that. Um, I had a call with a student last night, and she was bragging on how she was making 16 bucks an hour. There you go. She loved it. She's like... Mostly high school graduates, you know, but yep. they work so hard, uh, and and they, they work day in and day out, and that's great. I'm glad that there's people like that, and I'm yeah. happy to. And I, I personally oversee their growth as well. So uh, my employees, for example, I'll start, uh, you know, telling them, okay, this is how you can buy a house. This is how you can, uh, you know, buy not only a house, but buy your own apartment complex and start training them in that way. I give them all my employees like free uh, education. Right. You know? um, and I empower them to make a lot of decisions. So they love me. I've never had anybody quit on me, you know? Um, and I'm pretty proud of that. Uh, I, but the, the most thing that I'm proud of is, or the biggest thing is that I'm able to just completely remo- remove myself from the equation, whether it's storage, whether it's apartments, whether it's a shopping center, I'm able to completely remove myself from the equation, not deal with the tenants, and then just kind of focus on other things that are important. For me right now, that's my brokerage, right? Uh, but I, if I didn't have my brokerage, I could probably be retired. You know? mm. Yeah. Just living off your investments. That's it. Good, man. Thank you so much for coming in today, brother, and yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, sharing all your experience. Guys, don't forget to hit share, like, and subscribe, and go find Boris at sammore.com, sammore.com right? Sammore.com, S-A-N-M-O-R-E. Right. Go find him. If you want to learn from uh, somebody that's actively doing real estate, he's the man uh, investing in, in, in multiple lanes when it comes to commercial, right? Yes, sir. Um, and don't forget to hit share, like, and subscribe, and I'll see you on the next one. Thanks, guys.